The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ross Mullen is a Canadian-British actor and puppeteer who's with us here just now. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great as well. So Mm -hmm. I just want to get straight into it and ask, how did it all start for you? How did you first get interested in the kind of acting and puppetry, if you were interested in that when you were younger? Uh, Well, when I was a young boy, when I was about, gosh, really young, I suppose about four, um, I was very interested in animation. Like I really wanted to be on Scooby-Doo. I actually wanted to be a cartoon character. Uh, I think I went on and on about it so much that my mother said, it's not possible physically to be a cartoon <laughs> character, uh, but you can be an actor. And, um, and this kind of tickled my sort of imagination. And uh, I also, you know, I grew up with Sesame Street and eventually the Muppets, because the Muppets didn't come around until I was about 10 or 11. Mm. But I had this fascination with puppets for sure. But they weren't really um, the lip synky kind of puppets uh, that everybody eventually had on the Muppets. They were more like those finger puppets, uh, like, like the way Sooty Sweet is. Yeah, Sooty and Sweet there. Yeah. And um, so I used to put on puppet shows a lot. And I, I did a lot of stuff when I was a kid. I mean, I put on puppet shows. I would also dress up as Mary Poppins and do all of the music for Mary Poppins. Uh, You know, I had a a definite interest in everything sort of theatrical, television-oriented, cartoony. Um, Eventually, my parents (laughs) succumbed and put me into private acting classes when I was about 13 years old. Then I went on to drama school where I really excelled a lot doing mask work. Mm. And uh, when I left drama school, I went into a mask theater company. It's a Commedia dell'arte company in Canada. I uh, worked there for four years. And when I left there, I moved to the UK in 1991, just mm. kind of on a whim. I just kind of came here on holiday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my dad's from Northern Ireland, so I have a British passport. So I thought I would travel and work. And... Uh, The Muppets, Jim Henson's company, were looking for new Muppeteers uh, in their Camden Creature workshop. And uh, I applied to that. And so they trained me as a Muppeteer for three months, which I didn't entirely love, but uh, I did. And uh, I got that skill. 
So everything kind of came full circle for me, you know, things just kind of fell into my lap by way of interest, I suppose. Yeah. So what was your first role that you were working on? Wow. Um, I mean, my first acting role that I ever did when I was like a kid was a Tennessee Williams play suddenly last summer. Um, you know, then I worked in theater for a very, very long time. My first really big film television job was actually working on Dinotopia, which was a mini series that was made around the year 2000. And, uh, it's a mini series about dinosaurs and people living together. Yeah. And uh, I was actually um, playing Zippo the dinosaur, which was voiced by Lee Evans at the mm. time. They were looking for somebody to do what was the early stages of motion capture. I would be the dinosaur on set. So I was kind of puppeteering his head, moving around the set like a dinosaur. I had a big long tail and a really crazy costume. <laughs> Uh, that was my first big foray into television. Yeah. And then you worked on Number Jacks. Oh, yeah. The Number yes. Taker. What was that like? Uh, well, after doing a few years of working with Nev the Bear on Smile and then yeah. Bear Behaving Badly, um, I got approached to work on this television show, Number Jacks. It was really based on my look. I was very tall. And I think, like, uh, the director said that she wanted to go with somebody who looked very ominous and scary, but had kind eyes. She said. <laughs> so I guess I have friendly eyes. Yeah. Uh, but she said, you look scary enough to be scary. Um, and really, that was just a really odd job for me. For a couple of years, I would just every so often go down and film all by myself because the number jacks are all animation, right? So I was pretty much the only person on set. I think we did a few times uh, where I was working with others, but the BBC had a mandate that like, um, I could never be in the same frame as a child because it was just too creepy, you know? (laughs) It was just too scary. so I could never be in the same frame as a child. So I'd be working on the same days, but often not really working with them. That makes yeah. sense. It's a very, <laughs> it's it's a very unusual role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bringing up that you're not allowed to be in the same camera frame as a child could be taken in very strange ways. Well, that's exactly what they were trying to avoid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. And it's yeah. interesting you mentioned Nev the Bear because I never realised mm. before researching you that he was on another show before Bear yeah. Behaving Badly. Bear Behaving Badly was a spin-off of a live television show called Smile, which aired every Sunday between 7am and 11am. Oh. And it was more like a magazine show. You know, we would do little spots of about five to ten minutes, me, Barney, and Kirsten O'Brien. Yeah. And... We would just do little spots, little game show things. And then they would throw it to like a cartoon like Scooby-Doo or uh, Arthur the Aardvark or something like that. And then we'd come back and at the end of the show, we would do like a cooking segment with Ned the Bear and a little uh, bear bedtime story. And from this idea, Daryl McQueen, who were really the producers of Ned like of Smile, they came up with the idea of doing a spin-off show called Bear Behaving Badly. They shot a pilot and it got picked up and we did 
you know, number of years of it. So yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know, how <laughs> would you describe that show? Because I have some kind of fond memories of it. I would say a bear behaving badly. Yeah, um, I would describe it as a uh, a a buddy a buddy sort of. Uh, TV show, you know, two buddies living together, Barney and Nev. And, you know, uh, it was sort of like an odd couple, right? Mm. Barney would go out to work during the day as a presenter because he was playing himself, basically. Yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, I would end up staying at home, you know, usually being observed by somebody, but I got into loads of mischief, I being the bear, right? And the yeah. bear is is really, I mean, Nev the Bear is probably about four years old, three years old, maybe five, you know, mentally. Uh, he had little ducks as a friend. He had Keith, the koala bear Keith, who lived under the floorboards that nobody knew about. So it was a real kind of neighborhoodly fantasy. Yeah. It wasn't really heavy on the education, the way sort of number jacks was. But I think a lot of so I think why kids really loved it so much was it had a lot of social education, right? It was a yeah. lot of fun, a lot of slapstick comedy, but there was a lot of love, a lot of friendship. There was an auntie who lived next door. Yeah. You know, there was a lovely girl who lived next door who took care of him and an angry, um, you know, an angry landlord who was always chasing him around. I yeah. think kids could relate to the sort of uh, the neighborhoodly sort of, a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
fantasy yeah and the thing that i didn't realize before researching it was that crazy keith was actually an illegal immigrant and that's why he was under the floorboards yeah he was he was like an illegal immigrant from australia uh played by simon buckley yeah Yeah. brilliant yeah a brilliant brilliant character and amazing sets for that we had the under the floorboard world you know he had incredible little gadgets and stuff he had stolen from all over the apartment block and then he'd made it into you know stuff around his little lair it was great Fun. Yeah, and then you got to do Nev on the weakest link as well, which was kind of like a puppet <laughs> special they did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was on the weakest link uh, for you know, I was driving for charity. I think it was. It was a puppet yeah. special, and uh, I got out on. I don't know. I went out in round four. I think it was. <laughs> um, it was a question about cheese. I recall. <laughs> it said the question was, "What two colors is Stilton?" And I said green and blue, whereas the answer was white and blue. The only reason why I didn't yeah. say white and blue is because white is actually not a color. It's a primary. But I didn't get uh. into the semantics of it. Yeah. And Robinson, because she was very, very scary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure Nev the Bear would have been frightened of her. Uh, well, yeah, Nev was and so was I. Most yeah. of the puppeteers were because she was very impatient. You know, as a puppeteer, you kind of have... A certain amount, a certain amount of preparation you have to get involved, and she didn't really like waiting around. But she yeah. did love Nev the Bear, and she came over and gave him a little kiss. <laughs> yeah, is it quite hard to have him saying long things? Because I think a lot of the things he said in the show, if I remember rightly, were just kind of yeah. catchphrases like "No way, Jose," and frightened yeah. and things. So yeah, I guess when he introduced himself on the weakest link, I felt it was a bit. Oh, he's never said this much before. Yeah, it was very much that. Like Nev had catchphrases, and so it was really it's really difficult to do anything like an interview with him. Yeah. Or, you know, if you know the person who's working with him has to have has to be in on the secret or the idea that he can only say catchphrases. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I usually could wrangle my way around it as best as possible. But sometimes it was really difficult, especially on the weakest link. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a bit like Sooty. Like if he was just on his own, he'd never. Mm. No, no, it's yeah. difficult. I mean, Sooty doesn't he talk? But the person yeah, he talks who he's in with the ear. But yeah. if he didn't have that person to hear it and tell the mm-hmm. audience, then it would never work. I guess you'd need sort of like caption bubbles. <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose that would work. <laughs> And then yeah. you also worked on a very popular show for the last few years, which I've got to admit I've never seen, Game of Thrones, and you played Game of Thrones. a White Walker in that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I went from playing a little blue bear to playing a scary blue monster. Yeah, um, yeah uh, crazy. All these jobs all kind of interlink. Uh, I've I was working on a remake of the movie Clash of the Titans and the makeup artist on that picked me up and brought me over to Game of Thrones for a couple of years. Um, Yeah, some I think on my Instagram, there's a picture that somebody drew of what Nev the Bear would look like if he was a White Walker. There's like a little (laughs) version of him, which is quite cute. Yeah. And how different is it working on a kind of kid show like Bear Behaving Badly compared to this big show that adults will watch, Game of Thrones? Is there a different kind of feel to working on it? Uh, Well, yes and no. I mean, 
Um, I mean, only down to really the sets and how how it's produced. I mean, um, Game of Thrones, largely I was shooting either outdoors or in a very large green screen. I had like an animal, a big horse that I was working with. (laughs) We would do night shoots. Um, With Bear Behaving Badly, we were always in the studio pretty much or on the the set outside of the studio. but to be honest with you, you work in the same sort of way, you know, always, you know, you set up your shots, you do a little rehearsal, mm. you, you know, the director talks you through it and then it's action, you shoot it, then you shoot it again if you need it. I think with Bear Behaving Badly, we had a, a faster rhythm to go to because we had a certain amount of episodes we needed to pump out in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Whereas Game of Thrones has a much larger scale production and they can do, you know, three units, four units all over the world uh, filming at any one time. So the budgets are different, but really the actual way that you work on a day-to-day basis from, you know, eight o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night is relatively the same. Yeah, absolutely. And you worked on another show that's big in the UK, (laughs) another kind of sci-fi one, which was Mm -hmm. Doctor Who. Who did you play in that? I played a couple of characters in that. Uh, my first, my first big foray into Doctor Who was actually the Doctor Who proms at the Royal Albert Hall. That was the wow. first time the company got in touch with me. They were they wanted me to replace the Ice Warrior who was played by Spencer Wilding. He wasn't available to do it, and I was the only one who kind of fit the costume. After I did that, then they invited me to do Matt Smith's last episode playing The Silence, uh, also because the actor couldn't be there, so I filled in the costume. Um, But that character is iconic, and that was a very iconic episode, which then led them to invite me back to play The Teller in uh, Time Heist with Peter Capaldi. Then after that, I came back, I think, one more time. It was Jen Pullman's last episode. And it played a, a sort of a wraith that is like a spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think after the White Walker from Game of Thrones, what happened for a while with my career is that, you know, you become known as the monster guy. <laughs> and so people just call call you up and like, you know, we need, we need you to play the monster. Uh, so that kind of ticked around. I was doing commercials, you know, horror movies, a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what has been your favourite project to work on? Do you prefer these big budget scary monster things or is the nicer characters what you prefer doing? Oh, well, it's so rare that I get to play a nice character. So Nev the Bear was quite unique in that, that he was like a cheeky little monkey kind of character. Um, I will say that probably in hindsight, looking back over my career, I mean, when you're actually working on a job, any job, whether it's theater, film, television, commercial, or whatever, I I do feel like I absorb myself so much in the project that, you know, that's my favorite project at that time. But over, you know, when in hindsight, when I look back over my career, I would definitely say probably my fondest years are working on Smile and Bear Behaving Badly, working with Nev. Mostly because he was so creative. Uh, I could be more creative with him, spontaneous with him. Um, He's quite a beautiful character. And there's nothing really quite like when you capture the imagination or the minds of a child 
and they really love it and believe in it. You know, mm. you you don't get that from adults as much. Absolutely. Well, if we're interested in keeping up to date with everything you're working on, where can we do that? Do you have any websites or social media? Yeah, you can catch me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I am on Twitter. Um, and I also have a website, rossmullen.com. And uh, that's about it. You can also book a cameo with me. I do cameos a lot. That's what I've been doing a lot in lockdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's kept yeah. me going. A lot of people have been doing that. It's quite a good idea. It is. Yeah, it's great. Keeps you in touch with your fans. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribble.